0: Welcome to Social Proof, a podcast about influence brought to you by Soapbox. We're in the business of social media and influencer marketing, so we talk to people every day who've built brands, fans, and followers. We're intrigued by the idea of influence. What makes certain people so compelling? Join us each and every week as we raise our glasses with captivating individuals and dig into what it means to develop a personal brand and have true influence. Cheers to real people and riveting stories. All right. Hi, Char. Hey, (laughs) Ben. Welcome to Social Proof, a podcast with Soapbox Influence. We are thrilled to have uh, Quinn Tempest join us today, who's someone I absolutely
1: adore. Welcome, Quinn. Thank you for having me and cheers to you. I have a little <laughs> sparkling drink as well, <laughs> so thanks for having
0: me. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Well, this will be really fun. I think, Quinn, you have such a compelling brand and story. I'm, I'm just really excited to dive into it. So maybe for our listeners, uh, tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do with yourself.
1: Yeah. Well, hello, everyone. It's so nice to e-meet you in some way wherever <laughs> you're listening or watching to this. <laughs> my name is Quinn Tempest. And yes, if you're wondering, that is my real name. Mm. I've been told I often sound like Marvel's next superhero. <laughs> Ooh, um, <laughs> uh, I Probably control the weather with Tempest as the last name. And Ooh. that would be ideal because I live in Phoenix, Arizona, <laughs> and we only just dropped to like sweater weather. You yes, know? yes. So, but really my only superpowers for now are business strategy and coaching. So Mm. I mainly work with female founders to really create more purpose and profit through their businesses without burning out. Mm. So Mm. we talk about mindfulness, entrepreneurship, business strategy, marketing strategy, and kind of the the holistic bringing together of all of those things so that we can create our purpose. So that's me and we met through speaking. Yes. So I speak as well, right. or I spoke before COVID. I still speak just at home. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, that's me in a nutshell. I love it. Yeah. And it's interesting. I loved hearing
0: that synopsis of who you are, Quinn, because um, we actually, we we had a guest on who is phenomenal. She's Sarah Jane Case. I think you may have crossed paths oh, with yeah, her. Yeah. yeah. At Megaphone Summit as well. Um, and she's an Enneagram expert. And so, In typical seven fashion, you know, I think that everyone is my best friend. We've been friends for life. And I just I don't hesitate to reach out to individuals who I am certain are my soulmate. My poor husband is like, oh, my word. Um, (laughs) But Quinn, you and I met exactly right through speaking. I believe I heard you at Digital Summit in Kansas City a number of years ago. Um, And just fell in love with the way you commanded a room and your messaging and um, I think reached out and essentially demanded you come to Arkansas, (laughs) which you were very tolerant of. So, um, And I feel as though there is a point there. I feel as though um, even some of your messaging has really evolved over the past few years and you have really honed in on purpose and what you're doing now. So uh, talk about that a little bit. I think it's intriguing.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Cause I didn't even know where it was going. <laughs> and, you know, really my background is in digital marketing. So mm. I came from a corporate content marketing background where I was working with large scale companies. I was a director of marketing at an agency. And so I was really focused on those type of strategies. And so I got to speaking through content marketing. So that's what I used to teach. And for a while, I loved it. I loved breaking down strategies and how you do it. But then I'd also work with these large-scale companies like the Home Depots of the world, the UPSs of the world, and realize that, yeah, I can give them a strategy, but I can't change the inner workings of their organization Mm -hmm. for it to actually be successful. Mm -hmm. You have to go so much deeper with content in order to get at the message of a business and the purpose of a business. And then it's kind of up to them to actually facilitate it and bring it to life. And that was hard for me where I would tap into that message, but then I had no control over How it would come to life. Mm -hmm. And throughout all of that journey, I was always working with female entrepreneurs kind of on the side. Like I loved working with them. I loved when they had more of a purpose, even though I wasn't calling it that at that point. And so as I was speaking, as I was going out and just realizing, I love marketing, but there has to be a deeper why behind it all, behind the business, behind the message behind the strategies. Mm-hmm. Yet so many entrepreneurs and so many businesses I was working with, they were all up on the surface level like why isn't my Instagram working? Why <laughs> am I not getting my traffic yeah. to my blogs? You know, all those things we hear all the time. Yes. And I found that well, if you can just really hone in on that why and that purpose and let your why drive your what, both as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you do you feel even better. You feel mm. more successful. You feel like you're you have a meaningful job and the what's actually start working better too, because they're connected by a why. Mm. And so that was kind of my my progression from marketing to purpose was just this understanding that there has to be something that connects it all. And there has to be something more meaningful at the root of business. Mm. And I found I could make more of an impact on entrepreneurs and small business owners, especially women, than I could on these large-scale global right. national companies, right. you know? Yeah. So I really like discovered my message as I was out there putting out ideas and testing things and you know now oh. i have this very succinct statement where i say i help female founders create more purpose and profit without burning out and that took me 10 years to Isn't get to. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so, that's content marketing in and of itself right just trying to constantly hone and and center so i love that i i have loved watching you evolve um certainly you never appeared scattered you had a very clear approach and message and talent, um, I think, when I first encountered you. So to me, it's been really neat to watch that just get even more niched. Uh, We talk about that quite a bit. I mean, obviously, in our space, which is pairing those big, big brands, um, such as the ones you mentioned, uh, with creators and storytellers to Um, you know, drive action and drive stories in a meaningful way, what matters to us most is someone who's purposeful and who's not scattershot about the content and and the stories uh, that they're putting out into the world that they kind of understand who they are. So I, I'm thrilled to have you on in particular for that Yeah, reason. and I
1: think you brought up an interesting point about the niche because, mm-hmm. you know, that's such a sexy word in marketing and, <laughs> and, and content and everything. And yeah. I find that niches or niches, however you want to say it, they're often discovered through action. Like you're going to get more clarity the more you put out there, the more content you create, the more response you could get Mm -hmm. and the more you feel connected to what you're doing and who you're doing it for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see so many influencers, content creators try to hone in on their niche before they've even tried anything. And then they get so stuck in the idea of, I have to know the very specific person and what their dog looks like and what they eat every day. You know, like all of these like random things. I'm like, no, 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 that's going to come with time. It evolves over time, the more you put things out there. So I always say clarity is built through action Mm -hmm. and you're going to get clearer and clearer the more you do. You just have to get started. Mm. I feel like we needed to hear that that. (laughs) for
0: even not so much soapbox. I think we we have a lot of clarity about what we do well and who we serve well. But for the podcast, even um, because we we have gotten there, I think as we've just you know hit record, as our friend Brian would say, Um, there's this really interesting synergy between our clients at Soapbox who are you know primarily shopper marketers and retailers and you know, individuals who work with some of the world's largest, you know, kind of household name brands, and then these influencers. But I really realized that they're this persona, right, Quinn, from our, our agency days. The the persona we're trying to reach with this podcast is oddly, I think, both, because someone who's working in shopper marketing by day may have that side hustle um, or that interest in becoming an influencer or vice versa. And I feel like we are just revealing as we dive into this that um, that person who's perfect for us, boy, there are are a bunch of them out there. And you just have to
2: find the rock they're under sometimes, right? Yeah. Oh, 100%. I like what you said of just finding your why. Like, we see it. And I think, you know, for our clients, like, I feel like these influencers are reminding them of their why, you know, Mm -hmm. like, they're getting to see a direct impact on everything that they're doing by like everyday people, they're seeing it in their hands through the work. And also they Beth also, it, Beth preaches, just put it out there. Just put it out yeah. there and we'll see what we do. <laughs> and so you're so right. It just ends up developing and you see it. You just have to take that leap of just just do it. Uh-uh.
1: Yeah. I also think, you know, the the brands you work with are likely focusing and valuing the why more so now because they saw how ineffective it was to not. And they saw how disconnected they were from their audience when they didn't have a clear, not just mission, but purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, purpose is much broader than a mission. Purpose can be resonant across multiple channels or streams or revenue funds, but per purpose is broad and then the mission is specific. Mm -hmm. And so I think they likely saw the contrast of what happens when we aren't connected to that. And also who are we attracting as well? Mm -hmm. And I'm all about that saying of just put it out there. Like that is how I have run my business. And I think this trickles into my life as well of just the sense of experimentation, the sense of play, the sense of curiosity. Mm -hmm. You know, we always go into our life or business, mainly because we're taught this in school of like, you have to get it right Mm -hmm. or you have to, you're going to get it wrong, you know? But that's not life. That's definitely not entrepreneurship. You just have to iterate. You have to start. You have to see what happens and you have to adjust based Mm -hmm. on the data and the insights that come back to you. And when you're able to do that, it just becomes so much more fun, right? You know, you just have you have a good time, yes. and you don't take failures as seriously. You actually learn from the failures, you build resiliency, and you're able to take the step forward that feels more exciting. You know, for, for sure. me, I always picture like. If I'm not feeling like I'm sparkling, like the Paris <laughs> Eiffel Tower at night, like it's not worth it. <laughs> so, like sparkles is my thing, but some it people is. are like, oh, I, I got to feel juicy or I got to feel that internal click. Like for me sparkles. So it's very on brand. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. funny. Well,
0: you'll note in terms of being on brand that our... um our backdrop here for Social Proof is wine colored. So yes. I certainly know my brand. And it's a little <laughs> bit infused with red wine, evidently. But No, I, I tease a little bit because even speaking about color, that's something that you um, really embraced in your brand. It's something that stood out to me the first time I saw you on stage. You know, you had a very vibrant, attractive, sparkly um, Instagram, but it was mm-hmm. also evident in um, your presentations and in the clothing that you wore on stage. In fact, I'm just astonished, Quinn, to see you here in these dark colors today.
1: Well, okay, so let me explain. <laughs> okay. This is still my Quinn color palette, but it's my winter color palette. Ooh, I, mean, I You see. can still see there's still that purple, that oh, teal, that gold. Yes, you it, gotta
2: have seasons, it, yeah. Yeah,
1: you know, like, yeah. I mean, it's only 66 degrees here today, Okay. Good point. Yeah, I mean, color has been huge for me, both as a differentiator, but just in my life Mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that kind of led me to going in that direction in my brand was kind of surveying the land of other people like me in my niche. You know, marketing strategists, you know, designers, women business coaches, and what I found when I looked, especially on Instagram. Was that their aesthetic all looked the same? Yeah, mm. and it was like white marble desks. You probably know the aesthetic. Oh, yes, uh, pink roses yes. with gold paper clips. Right, and <laughs> I'm just like, that is not me. Right, it's very feminine. It's very beautiful. It's very Instagrammable. Sure, and I was just like, that's just not me. So right. I just said to myself, well. That's naturally not me, but what is me? And it it was really a process of self-discovery to do my own personal brand myself, which I thought was really... So I kind of just looked around at my life and I live in an arts district here yeah. in downtown Phoenix. There's murals everywhere. I love murals. I bike everywhere because I don't own a car, which is kind of crazy here in Phoenix and probably Arkansas too. <laughs> and uh, you know I just I love being an urbanista. Right. And I've always loved color. And I was like, well, why can't that be my brand? right? And so I really leaned into it and it made me stand out. People yep. resonated with it. And it also helped me go beyond just, I'm a business strategist and consultant. Like I was able to create a brand Mm. that people want to follow. They want it. They want it. They are interested in and because it taps into what I'm all about, which is creativity and curiosity and magic and sparkles, of course. And that, that is what my purpose is, is to help people bring their ideas to life. And I want them to feel empowered at the end of the day. So Really the colors just help me facilitate my purpose
0: <laughs> I love that I love that it's so interesting I think we even Shar has done a wonderful job because she owns our marketing for soapbox and it's I I am a marketer but I am not in a, I'm not great at aesthetic so yeah. <laughs> you know other people really have that vision I think for how I think should look I have a strong opinion in terms of how it should sound and be written. Um, so it's been really neat, I think, to watch Shar bring a sophistication, a, an iteration to our brand that has just a slight nuance of color and, you know, streamlining and sophistication. And it's just it's so intriguing to me how color and lines oh and all of these things can drive brand. I know you're
2: a like, brand. when you were saying that, I was like, oh, ah, yes. I know, yes. But I'm also like you, um, Queen of just like, I... I keep telling Beth that I'm going to get her a brand guide because f- I keep changing things. But then I'm like, but I'm not there. I just like keep trying Soon. things and I'm <laughs> like, yeah, I want to see where it gets and it's going to develop and it's going to, and I finally am there and I'm like, okay, it's been a year. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But I, it does take just throwing stuff out there and just like seeing, like she was saying, like we're fun, we're sophisticated. Like it. we're this weird thing, but I really love what you said of just like color really does have such a powerful impact like I mean our is teal like soapboxes is and I I was so
1: obsessed with that at megaphone. (laughs) I still have a photo of me looking down with my hot pink skirt oh, oh, I and remember. I was like, oh, yes. stand, yeah, standing on the, uh, until, until we meet again. Yes. And I was like, this is the most perfect conference I could ever have gone to. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love
0: that. Well, you were such a smashing hit. I mean, that was uh, in part, one of the things that I think when we were thinking about guests for the podcast, we wanted to do something that you've done already in the few minutes we've spent together you know it's bring in primarily women who um i think have carved out their space you know carved out mm-hmm. their brand and really understand what it means to have influence to wield influence um the individuals we work with you know maybe emerging in that space and starting to craft and hone their brand and their presence in the world um, or they may have had some success and some rapid growth and people started to follow them and pay attention. And then, you know, they were finding themselves adjusting and and or maybe even at a loss because they had honed in too much on just fashion or just food, for example. And so I would love your thoughts, Quinn, on... Um, well, number one, what it means to have influence to you. And then secondly, how you wield your influence. You know, what are your non-negotiables in terms of how you present yourself into the world?
1: Oh, you're going deep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> gotta get, dig deep. Yes.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's something I feel like I'm still uncovering is that idea of influence because for the longest time... I didn't think of myself as a typical influencer mm-hmm. and sometimes I don't even now, you know, I think of myself more as an entrepreneur and a businesswoman. but that being said, I also approach my brand in the sense of, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Yes, I have a business and not that influencers don't, it's just a different model, right. but can I approach this in the way an influencer would by creating a world and mm-hmm. creating an ambiance and creating a feeling. And so I'm still kind of grappling with what that all means but I know very clearly how that comes to life in my business. And for me, it's influence for me is all about empowering others. Mm -hmm. And I, that's what I encourage even, you know, members of the community I run to do Mm -hmm. and people I work with is thinking about what is the impact that you want to make and who do you feel most called to serve? Mm -hmm. For me, it's women who feel overwhelmed who feel like they don't have the skill set to bring their ideas to life. They feel all over the place, yet yeah. they have a really good idea. Yeah. And so for me, that gets me so darn oh, excited. Cool. I immediately look at that and I'm like, okay, what can we do? Like, how can we help you break past some of these mindset blocks? How can we help you learn more about yourself mm. and dig deep so that we can get to that core and bring that why to life and everything you do? So for me... Influence is all about the impact I make, which is helping people bring their ideas to life, helping them realize a vision that they've had for years decades even, yeah. and seeing the empowerment that comes from that. Mm. I mean, I work with 57 women in my community. It's called the Create Your Purpose Collective. And I get messages from them every day of them just learning more about themselves learning more about how they can infuse themselves into their businesses Mm -hmm. and realizing that they could have done it all along and that I'm just kind of giving them permission. Right, And that's, that's what influence is. Just I'm giving you permission to be yourself, to create these things that matter and to bring your ideas to life. I love that.
0: It's interesting. You said a couple of things that I
1: Love there because yes. it's
0: you know you you said I, I maybe I don't think of myself as an influencer I think of myself as an entrepreneur and a businesswoman which I think I would love for every influencer to think of herself or himself yes. that way but mm-hmm. then vice versa I love what you said about sometimes you take on that mindset of an influencer in crafting creating a world telling a story setting a scene um, and I, I think there's room for both and it's so interesting. Um, you think about influencers. You know, it's become such a thing, right? Where you know it's almost a almost a dirty word, right? And yeah. <laughs> we we often have to clarify with um, our clients. You know, when we say influencer, we don't mean Kim Kardashian, right? right, right, right. We mean um, that kind of slightly aspirational but very real um, mom next door or you know dad who's. <laughs> I always use the example of our friend James, who you may have met at the conference, who yeah. you know he's he's a podcaster, he's a YouTuber, he's a Volkswagen lover yes, and right. stay-at-home dad. Yeah, he's got a very vibrant personality, super fun. Um that's an influencer, right? It's someone who's simply, I think, putting their life and their story out there and knowing that perhaps there are others on the planet who will resonate with That story. So I think you shared some really interesting tips there. I know Char, as a marketer, was she basically arm wrestled our other um, hosts to be able to do this one with you
2: today. It's true. (laughs) Yes, she won. Yeah. Well tell me more, Shar. I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> No, I love I I feel like I well, of course, I feel like what's great about um this podcast is it gives me permission to like fully creep on our guests. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, I'm gonna just go through and look at everything. But what you were saying. We kidding? And what, she does that anyway. Yeah, I'm like, I have to. But I love what you said of at the very beginning of this, of just like In order to market your what, you have to know your why. Mm. And I feel like we try to, I mean, one of the biggest things and one of the foundations of this podcast is just our culture here at Soapbox. And, you know, these people that you are coaching, one person can have a huge impact. Like, I mean, we all go off of best energy. (laughs) We do. (laughs) There's too much of it. You know, or like, you go out, like, if there is a bad seat, like, it is, you see it. And we have been become very protective of our culture. And so I think it's very important, you know, whenever I'm frustrated or something, like, going back to your why. And, like, Mm -hmm. I think it's so cool that you've done that. For people, because so often you're looking at just your brand and your company and your product and what you're doing, but it's the people that are running the company. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. and it's interesting too. That's such a good point because a lot of times when I'm coaching my members, they still want to just talk about their brand purpose, Mm. which is great, and that's a layer on top of your personal purpose. That's deeper, and so my goal is to help them get out of that marketing think. and get below that and Mm. say, what's your purpose, Beth Shard? What is Mm. your purpose? And then how does that come to life your business, and oftentimes, what happens in the between in that space is things start changing. That's yeah. when they have to yeah. rebrand, or that's when they get rid of service offerings, or that's when they realize this isn't the business they wanted to build at all. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, sorry, yeah, uh, but really, there's some really interesting stuff that happens once you go below the surface mm-hmm. and then let that drive what comes to life above it. Uh. And oftentimes, we just stay at the top and we don't go below, so we don't know what's there what could be mm-hmm.
0: yeah you know it, it's interesting we Sha brought this up we we've gotten a little obsessive about our culture um meaning that you know we've seen where a bad seed or two can just totally rock or nearly sink the boat and where good seeds and collaborative people who work incredibly well together you know it's that rising tide lifts all boats kind of thing so We are really into talking about culture and your typical work day. And so I'm curious, Quinn, with you pouring so much of your energy into your clients and the community you've built, which I'd love for you to talk more about, what's your typical day like?
1: Yeah, it has changed so much over the years. And I still feel like I'm working on it. It's always like an experiment. And I have lots of hypotheses that I test out consistently and see yeah. what works for me. Obviously, with COVID, it's changed quite a bit because I'm just at home. Right. Uh, I've always been at home working at home, but you know I can't go out as much. But really, I keep a pretty typical schedule, to be honest. Yeah. Which, you know, a lot of people get into being uh, solopreneurs or right. entrepreneurs because they want the freedom to work whenever you want to work and work wherever you want to work. And that was really never it for me. Mm. And especially my husband works pretty typical hours. He has a typical nine to five kind of full-time job. And I found that I was working lots of evenings for a while. My week, my work week was spilling into my weekends. And I just felt like I wasn't present to both myself outside of work, Mm -hmm. if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Like my non-work identity or to him or to friends or to other things that I wanted to do. So in the past probably year and a half, I've really worked to just bring it down to kind of a nine to five, to mm. be honest. Yeah. And even for the past month, I have been tracking what time I end work every day. Mm. And my goal That's was great. to end at or before 530 30. Because I had a nasty habit of letting it just bleed into mm. my nights, can't and then not working out all. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <yeah. laughs> okay. So I mean, it's just I, I kind of looked at my day and I was like, "How can I engineer my day in a way that's aligned with my values, that's aligned with what's important to me, and kind of tweak it as I go?" Yeah. And so. I'm kind of a typical worker, but I, you know, it's different when you work for yourself. You yeah. can kind of take a couple hours off or work a couple hours here, yeah. um, but I've tried to limit it so that I feel healthy.
0: Right. You know, it it's interesting that you say those things because um, I think you, you you talk about that typical work day, but um, I've seen you to be extremely regimented as someone I would call a creative, right? You mm-hmm. have a very non-negotiable approach to how you handle email and um, yes. you, um, you know, it, it kind of strikes me like, you know, when you have guardrails, you know what to stay within. And so I love watching you as this supremely creative entrepreneur, but you only check email at certain times. You have a very precise way that you communicate and you present yourself to the world. So talk to us about that juxtaposition. Does that give you freedom to be regimented?
1: Yeah. That's such a good insight. That it's funny. funny, (laughs) Like, like, are you in my brain? Like, yeah. (laughs) It's it's just kind of funny to hear someone say like what I do that I do. (laughs) Um, And honestly, like a lot of that came from the fact that I used to be literally the worst at boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like even my first job out of college was a marketing agency, and. I burnt out so badly because I had no boundaries and I ended up in the hospital. Oh my gosh. So I learned my lesson. Well, I learned it and then I unlearned it and then I relearned <laughs> it like eight times. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it but works. Yeah. Like a toddler.
2: This,
1: exactly. Like a little <laughs> child. But yeah, now I'm kind of at this point where, you know, if, if you don't set boundaries, other people don't know they exist. And so they're just going to set their own for you. And I also needed to set boundaries for myself because I have a really strong inner motor Mm. I am very self-motivated. Like I am, you know, I can do anything on my own, but that means I'm going to do everything on my own and I'm going to do it all. Right. Um, <laughs> <so> like, <laughs> like it's kind of like partly for me to like rein myself in mm. and partly for other people to align expectations with what they what they should know of me. Love that. So I yeah, really like I mean, that. some set things I do like email once a day. I'm not going to respond right away. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I kind of have to train people that way. Cause otherwise they will literally like yes. try to get you every single time. That's right. Um, yeah. And I do other things. Like I pause, I don't have any notifications on my phone. I like pause everything. Cause I just, it's just too much. I yeah. have, you know, I have like 100 DMs every day anyway. Like, it's just too much to like ha- know that they're coming in as they're coming in. Right. So that's such a yeah, good thing. Those t- things are just yeah. important. Like, boundaries are important to, both for yourself and for other people. And mm-hmm. I felt like once I started establishing those for myself and also communicating them, I built more confidence in my ability to like... Mm-hmm do things.
0: So (laughs) I love that. I I mean, you have literally in your email signature, this is when I respond to emails. And I love Mm -hmm. the way, you know, you talked about training people and setting boundaries and expectations. And I'm actually a little curious if you have any, I I was never diagnosed with ADD, but I think we can all agree I'm exhausting and very high energy. And so, you know, super early on as a child, my mom identified that (laughs) in me. And She was a former teacher. And so when she would set me up to do homework or anything, any work of importance, she made me work from a clear desk, like literally notebook, pen, that's it. Because everything else was a shiny object or a distraction to me, like an open window, like I could play and distract and, and carry on. So I've carried that into adulthood. I think everyone who knows me knows I'm not a neatnik, but I keep an impeccable desk because anything on that desk is grounds to get me like, you know, down a rabbit hole and away from what I need to be doing. So I'm curious how you came to some of those discoveries about yourself because, I mean, that's very mature and most people spend a lifetime grappling with managing communication or just self-managing, like,
1: yeah. you know, wrestling with who they are to get things
0: done every day.
1: Yeah, that's, it's so interesting you bring that up. Cause I think I'm the exact opposite of you. Mm, mm-hmm. So like mm. my desk is a mess. I haven't made the bed, but I, <laughs> but I have gotten so much work done today. Right. So like for me, I'm kind of the opposite. Like I can get so focused on something mm. that I literally don't see things around me. Wow. Um, that's
2: and nice, that's partly riveting. why. Yeah, is that you? Oh, yeah, that is you. Yeah, it is me. Yes. Yeah. Mm, intriguing. <laughs> tunnel vision. Yes, 100. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so that's where I've had to be careful of. Like, and that's where I've had to even train myself. Like, even in my house, like it has been the biggest struggle for me to, <laughs> like, n- like to actually see that there's like something on the ground because i'm just you know like honestly mm-hmm. i just i'm so focused on other things or i'm in my brain like i it just doesn't even it's dawn on me yeah. and so what i've had to do is just build this mindfulness muscle and also like build it into my calendar like for a while when i was really struggling with the tidying thing yeah. i would put tidying on my calendar as a recurring task
2: sharga's <laughs> goes- Light bulb. I'm like, that is so, that is what I need to do. Done. If I take anything yeah. from this podcast, exactly. do it and put a little emoji.
1: I put a little trash icon and Ooh. I was like, oh, it's tidying time. Ooh. That's good. And then I made tidying fun. So then I would start listening to a podcast while I tidied. Yes. And now I freaking love to tidy. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. That's That'd me. I always have to have
2: like. I'm like, I will put away my clothes if someone sits here on my bed and talks to me while I do it. <laughs>
1: That's so funny. You have
2: to. I love that. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah, so it's been interesting. I think, honestly, a lot of it comes down to mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yoga has been a big part of my life. Meditation and then therapy, a different type of mindfulness. Yep. i just like understanding who you are and why you do what you do or why you don't do what you should do. Yeah. (laughs) And just like Uh. building that mindfulness muscle and then using tools that we have available to us, which is cool now in 2020, there's lots of things we can do to kind of like get us to do things. Mm. Um, And it just takes time. It takes awareness and it takes that habit building. And I feel like the fact that I've been able to be an entrepreneur has given me like almost an experiment lab of myself to play with these ideas. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. You know, I don't think I would be able to do that if I was like going to an office and being told what to do. Mm -hmm. I think this for me is the perfect thing for a lot of people. It's not. Yeah. And that I've kind of made myself into this little experiment lab and it's kind of fun.
0: (laughs) I want to dig into that because you've said several things throughout this conversation. You dropped little clues along those lines. you you know, being a lab and experimenting and you're quite data obsessed. It sounds as Mm -hmm. though like you've, you know, you've tracked all of these different things about your, you know, the end of your workday and and what works for you. And I'm that way too. You know, I love my Fitbit sleep data. I'm, you know, this ultimate (laughs) nerd into like trying to gather all these data points to like self-improve, not because I have some ladder to climb or aspiration, but just like that idea of honing steel and becoming, you know, a better version of yourself. And so talk a little bit about those experiments and that data and that love you seem to have for honing as well.
1: Yeah. Well, I think data is so crucial because until you know your baseline, until you know where you are, you can't know where you can go. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you can't know where you're, you need to work. Right. So you kind of, you have to track something in order to, get that gauge. Mm. And so it's just been something, I have a Fitbit too, that's been really fun. Um, Just because you don't realize, you know, things that you're doing or not doing until you quantify it. And this Mm -hmm. is something I teach in my collective too, is like, it doesn't matter what number it is or how often you track it, you get to decide that and you just have to consistently do that and then make an insight, get an insight out of it. Mm -hmm. And so I've done this for business. I've done this for work. And I just think it's it's crucial. And, mm-hmm. and at the same time, though, like I don't want people to freak out and say, oh, I need to track all these like 20,000 right. things. Like right. it might just be like a month you track the time you end work or next month you track how many times you tidy, mm-hmm. you know, and you okay. start to just yeah. notice. I think that's that's what tracking is, is just noticing yes. what's happening or what's not happening so that you can then bring awareness to it and make a decision on what you're going to do next.
2: Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm. And that's encouraging. Like, you're like, oh, I didn't realize I was already kind of doing this. Right. You know, yes. like, I think that instead of like, I feel like we just push ourselves down so much of just like, oh, if I only was doing this, if I did this, and like, you were just saying, okay, take a step back. What are you already doing? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Until, I mean, like, you can have a feeling of what you're doing, but until you actually know the number, right. mm-hmm. the, like it's just a feeling and feelings are not very trustworthy sometimes. <laughs> so
0: That's great advice. There's the quotable. I love it. Okay. So I'm curious, um, you know, who we, again, we talk about this kind of common theme of influence, um, who influences or who inspires you? Who do you follow? Who do you turn to either, you know, on social media or beyond?
1: Oh, gosh, so many, but uh, definitely a long-standing influence to me. Uh, her name's Whitney Lee Morris. Mm-hmm. Uh, she runs this, well, not runs it. She lives in this little tiny canal cottage in Venice Beach. I used to live oh. right near there. Oh, wow. And she just espouses sustainability and small living. Mm-hmm. And she tells stories about her tiny canal cottage and just growing her business and her family yes. and I just love it. And I just love her aesthetic. I love, I love it, her integrity and the way she shares and talks about things. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, my husband and I have chosen to live smaller. Uh, we live in a loft in Phoenix. This is very different type of living. Uh, we, you know, in Phoenix, you have the 4,000 square foot three car yes. garage home. And that's, that's valuable. Um, whereas we love living locally, we don't own cars. We walk and bike everywhere. We have this loft that is really, really creative and cool and historic. And so I think I just I find parallels with her a lot, and I just. I just really enjoy her, and you know, I look forward to seeing what she posts every day. And I have her book and everything.
0: So. Ooh, I cannot
1: wait to get yeah, into that. Yeah, I know. I'm like
0: back. I go to creeping. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she's, she's a stellar creeper. That's yeah.
1: Great. So,
0: oh, Shari, I yeah. always like to. This is a little bit unfair because you just shared some with me, but I, I'd love to know
2: who inspires you right now. Who are you following? Yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah, I'm like trying to think. Okay, I got this. <laughs> I'm like what is inspiring me? Um I yeah, Brian's like me. Best like me. Yeah, uh, okay, yes. <laughs> I love it. Um okay, this is going to sound kind of cheesy, but it's football season and <laughs> always a sports uh, yeah, reference. I am a big one. sports person and my little brother actually plays college football. Mm. And I just get to watch him just work so hard. And I get to see him, you know, his first game. He actually, like, he never drops passes ever. He's a wide receiver and he dropped one. And I just was with him that night and we're eating like slim chickens after. And he just is silent because he's so hard on himself because he's known as the guy he on the runs team in that the never. I know. <laughs> here we are. As the guy that never drops passes and he let people down. And just like watching him climb out of that and just like, it was oh. like he dropped one pass. Like, other Aww. people drop passes all the time, but he just—I i just love getting to see how—and it's funny, you know, next year, um, college athletes are going to get to become, like, paid <gasps> oh, influencers. Right. Speaking yeah. of influence. yes. And so, yes. of course, my dad's like, Charlotte, can you run his Instagram? And <laughs> he's, like, texting me being like, hey, can you post about my girlfriend and I's one year? And I'm like, this is not my job. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, but it's cool that, like, again, what we've talked about is just— everybody has an influence. Yes. And these athletes are about to have this influence in a different way of like on the field, people are screaming at them and they're about to have a presence online too. Right. That's, and so just watching him build his brand and who he is. And I watched an interview of him last night it's been cool just to be his biggest supporter. But I'm also just inspired by him, yeah. my little brother. <laughs> You'd be a fan of him even. You'd follow him on Instagram. I would, even I would. if he wasn't. Just an other. average Joe. yeah pitching yeah. football. So cool. <laughs> yeah. really I love too
1: how you say you can like bring, build a brand and become what that is. And you know, I feel like there's a lot of like negativity around that idea. Yes. I know mm-hmm. you, you, you ladies get it. We, I get yeah. it. But like, there's a lot of negativity with people who don't get it Who are like, Oh, you just, you have to be a brand nowadays. And I'm like being a brand is the coolest thing. Yeah. Right. And I've had so much fun and I've learned so much about myself, but I understand from the outside why they think that. But I also feel like if they just like sat through a branding session, it's like more about just learning about yourself and how to communicate.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, and and I love listening to the way you just portrayed that because to me, it's it's It almost feels like, you know, it used to be common, it still is in in some areas of the South to, you know, enroll in Cotillion or an etiquette course or Emily Post or, you know, all of these things you were sort of trained on how to conduct yourself in the world and how to behave properly and all of these things. And so we've, it's been a little bit of a departure from that, but influencers, it goes back to what you said, Quinn, right? They, they have that storytelling mindset and that kind mm-hmm. of entrepreneurial or business person mindset. And probably we'd all behave just a little bit better if we had a playbook, right? Mm-hmm. If we had an etiquette book or kind of the mindset of an influencer who believes that they go out into the world each day Um, with a carefully honed brand and a story to tell, which doesn't mean that brand can't be fun or relaxed or casual um, or whatever the case may be. But just to take on that mindset of having a brand and protecting that brand, like uh, we could all stand to do that, whether we're making money as a quote unquote influencer or not.
2: Yeah, and I feel like you have a brand without even realizing it. Yes. You know, obviously I'm like, okay, Beth, she's really good at her word. She likes wine (laughs) and she loves people, you know, and it's like, all it takes is be identifying and then honing in on that, mm-hmm. like, and
1: yeah, you can just go and That's what you further. do with purpose. I mean, that's why a brand is just a natural extension of your purpose, and mm-hmm. that's why I don't feel like a brand is icky to me. Right. I think it's empowering. Right.
2: Yeah, I love that. Yeah.
0: That's really neat. My my husband is um, so he's a scientist, a chemist, and so like he's not really sure. I think most of the time what I do, right. <laughs> And his, his, which is so fair right <laughs> and his line which i love is that he gets paid to think and i get paid to talk and i'm like mm, i'm not gonna argue with you that's fair sir well, <laughs> right. um but i think it's really interesting you say to your point about having a brand or it being icky if you aren't in or touching marketing in some form or fashion, right? If you're a, a scientist or a philanthropist or, you know, a, a social worker or a healthcare worker, this whole world must indeed seem so concocted, so fabricated, so trite. And then I think to your point, if you simply sit in like one branding workshop or get in that mindset, you realize, well, there's there's a lot of merit here to this space and mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I always think about the fact that influencer marketing is not new, you know, the platform of social media, maybe, but we're going back to word of mouth marketing, which is someone being passionate about something and spreading the word about it to the people who are in their sphere of influence. So yeah, I just, I like how you've kind of captured some of that and uh, told that story, Quinn. Um, Talk a little bit about your community or about some of your products and the things that you put out into the world um, and your services. I think it's so interesting. Yeah, and this
1: is actually pretty new since even I saw you, I mm. believe, because I launched the collective, I think right after Megaphone a That's year right. ago. Yes. So it was in September last year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this has been really interesting. I started with a quiz, actually. So I still have it on my website. It does really well as I love my it. Top lead generator. Yes. Yeah, what did you get? Do you yeah. remember? Oh no,
0: I don't remember. I just oh, love okay. this finding your purpose quiz. And I remember you were building all of this at the time. So talk about that. Yeah. It's so great.
1: Yeah. So I built this quiz because I had done a couple of different things as a lead generator and I wanted to create something that was an invitation invitation into my universe and purpose. Mm. And I had tried like a workshop. I had tried a worksheet and yeah, they worked okay. But I was like, what's a more fun, non daunting way to teach people about purpose. Yeah. And so I was like, well, a quiz obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and so I worked for a couple of months thinking through how I could kind of create segments or personas, purpose personas uh, to group different types of entrepreneurs into uh, these purpose people. Yes. And so one of them actually was based on influencers. So that's the inspiration, which mm-hmm. is all about storytelling. Exactly. I everything think that you was, said. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm remembering now as you talk me through it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's the leader, which is all about empowerment. So basically I grouped them by their overarching drive. Mm -hmm. And so I started out with that as like, let me just introduce this idea of purpose to my audience, which I had built kind of just organically through mural photos and talking about mindset and entrepreneurship and stuff. So I did that. And then in September last year, I launched my beta of the Create Your Purpose Collective. And I also got a trademark. So Whoa, now I'm the owner of... Yeah, it took seven months, but oh uh, I have it now. Yeah, so Congrats. I have Create Your Purpose. So yeah, everything is now under that that brand, although I'm the umbrella. So it's Quinn Tempest and then I got Create Your Purpose. Mm-hmm. And Love really that. the goal of Create Your Purpose is this movement and philosophy and now a community Of people who want to grow their businesses and their lives on purpose and with purpose. Mm. And so I really wanted a community to be a big portion of this. So Mm -hmm. I worked for a good year on the strategy of that before inviting anyone in, tested it. And now, a year and a couple months later, I think I've had over 70 women in the Mm. community. Mm -hmm. I currently have 57. Wow. And it's just become this really, yeah, this really magical. Just gathering of women from seven different countries around Mm -hmm. the globe Uh who are just like supporting each other in both their purpose and their entrepreneurship and in creating that Mm -hmm. purpose. And so it's kind of, it's like a magical trifecta, I like to call it. So Mm. there's a course they have to go through because I want everyone to have a common language around purpose. Mm. And then there's coaching from me. And then there's the community aspect.
0: That's so great. And
1: it's just become, yeah, it's just my favorite thing I've ever created. And Mm. I hope by the end of next year, I can have a hundred women in it at a time. I don't want to make it a really big one. I want it to feel intimate. But yeah, so that's my big offering now. And I still do a bit of consulting, a bit of strategy work, a bit of speaking. But with COVID, that just obviously went completely away. Um, But yeah, I'm really leaning into the collective and doing more with Create Your Purpose.
0: Well, I hope people will check that out. I mean, I really do. I've been so impressed with the way you've... um, yes, just I think built and honed all of this. I've enjoyed watching your journey. And I think it's so appropriate as we talked about when we first met for influencers, for anyone who is building that kind of brand and purpose.
2: Mm -hmm. And I feel like it just like, I love that you're bringing people together Mm -hmm. and like under the same, like they're all searching and wanting to find their purpose and just like feeding off of each other, Mm -hmm. even just like, what do you guys think of this? You know, we all just want that affirmation or even just that like, okay, there's other people out there like me that are searching for that. I feel like that's exactly. so encouraging.
1: Yeah, and you know, I just got to the point where I had an audience, but I wanted my audience to talk to one another, not mm-hmm. just talk to me. Mm-hmm, and so yeah. that's really where the idea for our community came about. And I'm actually right now transitioning us because we've been in Facebook since the beginning, mm-hmm. but now I'm building a whole like, private community platform oh. that has an app. We relate so we it's need to talk feel, to you.
2: Yeah. just did the same thing. It was awesome. We just did the same thing.
1: That's cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 To your point about that exclusivity. I mean, I think people want to, when they're joining something like this, they want to feel like they're part of something distinct. And so we just, as Shar said, we relate to your move away from Facebook it's made a world of difference for our influencer community I think they just feel cared for and seen Mm -hmm. differently and truly we see them more because the algorithm's not affecting you know those conversations okay so we're going to wrap with a couple of questions that can sound similar but they are distinct one is I keep joking (laughs) rather materialistic and the other is more about maybe consumption so and just they're both what, what you're into, but one being yeah. what's a thing you're into. Maybe it's an app or a coffee mug or a habit or, you know, okay. food or something like that. And then the second one being something that you're consuming and really excited about, you know, a book, a podcast, a show, a series, something to that effect. Uh, so,
1: okay.
0: Yeah. So. so tell us what you're into.
1: Okay, so the first thing I'm into is my new tea station. Ooh, <laughs> tell us. Yes. Love it. So I, I love tea. I'll have coffee too, but I love tea. And so every morning I make a homemade tea latte. Ooh. And I have all different kinds of options. I have matcha, which I just got a new matcha set wow. for my husband matcha. for my birthday. Ooh. And I have like some herbal tea. I have lots of different tea. And so I got this like cool two-tier thing from World Market where mm. I have all my fun tea stuff, but it's like cute and pretty and Perfect. lovely. Yes. Yes. And so I like go there every morning now and like have my ritual and it's like the little thing that
0: I love because I
2: love it starts that. my day off in the night.
0: Nice that? mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. i like yeah. oh, Are you
2: hunting to me? Yeah, hunting
0: yes. to you. Sports. Okay, well, <laughs> um, I'm concerned that I may steal yours because it's something you reminded me of earlier today in a conversation that I am so into. And now seasonally, I feel like it's back and similar to your tea, and that's golden milk. <gasps> Mm-hmm. So we I discovered golden milk last year. This was so brand good. new to me. So it's the for those who are not familiar, it's it's basically a turmeric blend mm-hmm. um with like cinnamon and cardamom. And you can you can buy the kind of prepackaged or certainly make your own. And then you mix it with like a warm, like an almond milk or a regular milk or whatever the case may be. And it just ends up making this like spiced. I don't know. I'm not an eggnog drinker, but it strikes yeah. me as being eggnog. I agree. Right. Yes. Um, but just also like really good for you and really calming yeah. and comforting Calm-y. and delightful. Yeah. So I will be having a golden milk tonight
2: because mm-hmm. you reminded me it's reminded time. It's
0: not 66 degrees. We're not in yeah. Phoenix. It's
2: cold. It's
0: rainy and it's cold in oh. Northwest Arkansas. So
2: yeah. that's what I'm into. Oh, what about you, Cher? Okay. I'm going to say the mornings. Ooh. I know, I am a night owl. (laughs) I am a night owl completely. But I really have seen how sweet it is to just like start a morning off right. Even like, Mm. I'm a black coffee drinker. I do love my um, matcha lattes. But I mean, I have my coffee set on auto brew. So then when I wake Mm. up, I'm smelling the aroma Mm. of coffee. And it gets me up and I do some yoga. I have my quiet time. Mm. I love mornings. I mean, uh, you you do. Beth will like be like, sorry, I went on a hike this morning at like 7 a.m. And I'm like, okay, perfect. Okay, yeah, great. yeah. But I really have seen that of just like, it helps me. Kind of like what you were saying, Quinn, of just like, it helps me already be started so that I can jump right into the day. Yeah. Not feeling mm-hmm. like I'm overwhelmed by everything I have to do on my mm-hmm. list. I'm like, yes. I've already
0: accomplished
2: stuff. It's just some calm. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And some
0: purpose. Yeah, yes. Purpose. Yeah. I love it. Yay. Okay, Quinn, so then the next one is just, what are you, I like all the words around this. Evidently, I'm a foodie because I'm like, what are you devouring? What are you consuming? Yeah. What are you mm. inhaling?
1: Okay, all things Peloton. Oh. <gasps> You've
0: drank Ooh. the Kool-Aid.
1: Well, okay, I don't have any of the machines and I don't plan on getting them, but I oh, have
0: intriguing. the app. Okay. Ooh, yeah, yes. so you don't,
1: you don't have to own the bike or the tread. So okay. It, it, Yeah, once everything shut down and we actually had a bad summer here with COVID because it's so hot, you have to be inside. And so everything was like shut down in the summer. Yes. And so like I normally go to Orange Theory and couldn't go. So we have a garage and we don't own cars. So oh. we built out a little mm. home gym. That's so cool. So oh, we that's have, awesome. yeah, we have a treadmill, a bench, dumbbells, lots of cool stuff. Oh, that's and cool. And so mm. I use the Peloton app. Mm. I was using it on my iPad, but I just got a fancy TV for Ooh. the gym. Ooh. And yeah, so I'm yeah. just like kind of obsessed with like following all the instructors yes. and like picking my favorites. Oh, and I have stacking to do good.
0: Yeah. Yes,
1: it's super good. Yeah. And you can pick like all levels and different types. So I, yeah, I'm pretty obsessed and consuming a lot of it. That content.
0: This is great because their branding has certainly as a marketer, I'm like, I respect it and I want to dive in, yeah, but yeah. we have a stationary bike that's not Peloton. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so awesome. yeah,
1: you can use it. Great. You just have to do the app and it's like 12.99 a month. Oh, this is good. Yes. I
0: like that. I'm looking into this. See, I've been influenced. Thank you so much for that.
2: Perfect. So what <laughs> are you devouring, Char? I, it's so funny. You're like, oh, devouring. And I'm like, I think I'm devouring a lot of food, but I am. (laughs) Um, I recently just, like, dove in and bought all new pots and pans. Oh, literally. that are just, like, they clean so easily, Mm -hmm. and it's made me just love cooking more because like so cleaning at the yep. end, you're not just like, oh, I'm trying to get this grease off. Yeah. And so I would say what I am so, so into right now is experimenting in the kitchen. Oh, that's exciting. It I can't wait fun. to discuss this more. With I you. know. I mean, I've been trying to dive into even making like, I feel like it's so hard to make like homemade pad thai, things mm. like that. Mm. And so yeah. Define Dish, she is so great. Um, I got her cookbook and I love the art of just like opening up a cookbook instead of, like, just scrolling through something. Mm. I don't know if it's, like, nostalgic for me, but I would say that's what I'm really into. It's just the home cooking. Oh, I love that. I don't know if I'm, like, preparing myself to be domestic later on. Yes, (laughs) what is this? Yes, exactly. What about you, Beth? Um, okay. So
0: in true seven fashion, we were just talking about any. I'm always reading multiple books at one time and it's just a train wreck. And then I, I find myself counseling my 10 year old, just read one book from start to finish. And then I'm like, I don't practice what I preach at all. <laughs> so one of the books I'm reading right now is Circe by uh, Madeline Miller. Oh, it was and it's so really good. interesting. Are you, it.
1: Have you read it? Yes, I am a Greek mythology freak. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So, I
0: literally just started it. I love it already. Oh, it's so good. Yes, I want to so, read all her other books. Yes, me too. I mean, I can just tell from her writing style so sharp. It's yeah, um, and in. and maybe I don't know, maybe you should talk about this Quinn since you've actually finished the book, but um it's basically an interpretation um of the primary female character in the Odyssey. Um, Cersei, and so she's abandoned on a desert island, and it's a retelling of her saga. Um, and, Ooh. Quinn, I know you can relate to this. I just—the the female lens here and mm-hmm. her interactions with Ithacus and all of these, you know, very well-known and strong male characters is what's drawing me in. So you should speak more about it since you've completed it, Quinn. What did you well, love yeah, about it? yeah,
1: I mean— I loved it for those reasons. And I also was a classic civilizations minor in college. Oh, okay. So, because I had some extra time and always mm-hmm. just loved mythology and all of that. Um, but yeah, it's just a, a retelling of this myth. And what's interesting about Cersei is she was always painted as a witch mm-hmm. and as a bad witch. Yeah. And this really shows you why she became that way and why that's actually not the right interpretation. So, it's mm-hmm. a very feminist perspective on Greek mythology, which was completely not feminist. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. My book club, um, I, I put the book up, I put up three books this month, which is what we do. And we ended up choosing two, one which I've already told you about, and Circe So we have to read two books by January, which I'm not mad about. So I'm really excited about it, diving into it. Nice. So yeah. Well, Quinn, I know we hop around a little bit. That's who we are as humans. But this has been just a really fun conversation. It feels just like chatting with you in real life, which we're determined to do very soon.
1: And I know, I know. Yeah. I hope I hope we can one day travel again. Yes. Cause I actually loved coming to Arkansas. Aww. Except for the humidity, but I <laughs> loved it otherwise. <laughs> I was about <laughs> yeah. to
2: say that I need to come to Phoenix. Oh Phoenix, yes. I still
1: haven't done yeah, it, so have not done. Just don't come like June through September, but uh, every other month. Oh, I'd be every so sunburned
2: all the time. You would.
1: You would. <laughs> yes, <that's Yeah>. true. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, we will make that happen. I can't thank you enough, Quinn. I know um, our listeners really enjoyed hearing your story and your purpose. So thanks for sharing with us. We loved having yeah, you. Yeah, and
1: thank you. I love what you've created. And You guys have some of the best questions of any podcast I've been on. You're on to something good here. (laughs) Cheers to that. Love it. Cheers to that.
0: Thanks so much, Quinn. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a good one.
2: Bye.